0: Hello and welcome to Atlantic Conversations. I'm Fanula Sweeney. The Atlantic Fellowship Program works with a diverse community of leaders around the world with a common commitment to fairer, healthier, more inclusive societies. Through its seven programs focused on equity and healthcare, socioeconomic equity and racial equity, the Atlantic Fellowships offer those leaders an opportunity to gain new perspectives and new colleagues while strengthening their confidence in their work for change. In each podcast, I'll be speaking to an Atlantic Fellow about their work and ambitions for a more just world. For this series, I traveled to Cape Town to meet up with some of the first Atlantic Fellows for Health Equity South Africa at Takano. Today, I'm joined by Zimbongwe Amtungwa, who works for a women's leadership and training program focusing on girls and young women. Zabongle comes from KwaZulu-Natal. I asked her to tell me about that part of South Africa and how she became interested in women's health issues there.
1: I come from Gwazulu-Natal in South Africa, where Guazulu natal borders with Eastern Cape and Lesotho. So I'm closer to the Lesotho border. Why I'm interested in women's issues is because of my life experiences, but also because of what I've grown to see happening in other women, that women are oppressed by patriarchy mainly, but also by cultural gender roles that are assigned to them. It's not the only thing that identifies a woman. I always thought women can be better than that and they can have their own identity. Why is that the case, that women are oppressed in your part of the world? Well, we live in the jurisdiction of the traditional leaders. So that on its own put women and girls to be under men. As you are born, you are a girl of somebody Who is expected to marry somebody to have a voice in the family and in the community? Because of that expectation, girls believe that it is a better status to be married. And also the men in the village, they take advantage of that and end up forcing them into abduction and sometimes issues of rape. What made me to be involved is issues of abduction that happened to me. And I thought, not anymore. It has to end with me. What happened to me, I was not even a girl at that time. I was early 20s and I was abducted two times for marriage. Luckily, I escaped because I had a grandmother who was very strong, who supported me. But I knew that no other girl in my community had escaped. So that for me became a big question of what happens if a girl wants to escape this kind of abduction.
0: Were you going to be taken to another place or was this within your own community?
1: Within my own community, but still, it wasn't what I wanted. What really helped me with the first one was my grandmother because I didn't know I was going to be abducted. I was just walking to the river to fetch some water and then it happened. But then fortunately my grandmother came to say whatever happens, she takes me, whether they pay dowry or what, but she will take me back home, which for me was new in the community for a grandmother to say that.
0: So were you kidnapped by one person or two people?
1: It was a group of four young men. You cannot be kidnapped by one person because you can fight your own battle there. Two people, maybe it will be difficult, but usually kidnapping happens with more than four people. That is how it becomes successful. And horses are involved. Or cars, so you can be pushed into a car or pushed on top of the horse. And
0: is it because someone has identified you as a potential bride? Yes, yes. And might a diary have been arranged or not?
1: In this case, it was not arranged. It would have been someone who just thought you are good wife material, you are strong, you can do all the duties of a wife.
0: So your grandmother came upon the kidnapping
1: or found out about it later? She found out about it later and she came the following day to this house and then she said, I'm taking her. She didn't want to negotiate. She just said, I'm taking her. And I think they were shocked. They were not expecting that because no woman has done that before. I was fine. Fortunately, I wasn't raped, which is one thing I think played a big role in whether you can escape or not because once you are raped, You feel like a part of you has been taken. And also virginity is such a big thing in rural areas. If you go back and you are no longer a virgin, you know very well that you've got no place because in the categories of who you are in the community, there's no place, if I may say, for people who are not virgins. So it's difficult to go back.
0: Does that prevent people from trying to escape?
1: In many cases, yes. That's why today I don't promote virginity testing. It's okay if a girl wants to be a virgin, but she mustn't be made to parade that in the community because it makes her to be in danger of being abducted.
0: Is virginity testing still
1: something very current? Oh yeah. Has it changed since the time you were kidnapped? No, it hasn't changed except for a few programs like the work that I do. We work with girls and we say to be a virgin is your right and it's your choice but not anybody's. So if you decide it's good for you, it's because you have consciously decided to do it like that, but you shall not parade that in front of other people. How much opposition or support do you get for the stance you take? After I've been abducted, it took me more than eight years to start my activism against abduction. That was in 1997. I wanted to get into activism about that because I felt that it wasn't changing. I was the first girl to really escape abduction in my village. I thought, if I can, it's not that I'm different, but other girls would like to escape. So let me create an environment so that they can be able to escape.
0: What kind of environment have you created and how has it helped girls escape?
1: I always go back to my grandmother. She gave me an option for education, even if it was high school, not tertiary education. She always said to me, if you have that, you've got something in your hand that you can use for yourself so that you don't need a man to take advantage of you and it hasn't changed i always believe that for any girl who wants to decide about her own future education is one of the things that she must take on it doesn't matter even if she wants to get married later on but have high school education and at least have tertiary education
0: At what age would a lot of girls in your community leave school?
1: It depends on villages, but at the average, many girls won't finish high school. We've got some villages where when they are in grade 7 and grade 8, they will be 13, 14, 15. That is when they get abducted because that is the age where they believe they're still virgins and they're pure. And when they are older than that, they are not sure. They don't abduct people who are not virgins.
0: So you focus on the girls, but do you also focus on awareness among the male members of the community? Yes.
1: In 2010, we really started a big campaign. It involved boys, traditional leaders, the men in the community, and it involved the traditional women. Traditional women are the women who really do a lot of virginity testing, and they say to a girl she must keep herself for a husband. So we worked with those groups for a period of four years, and that was a success. But it took me eight years to get into that. And why was that? It was because it was very dangerous for me to go back to my community. I didn't have enough strength to do activism on my own. So I had to train other girls, other young women. So when we started the campaign, I was not on my own. In fact, I was taking a backstage. They didn't even see me. They had to know that I was involved later on, but I didn't come as a front person for the campaign.
0: So here we are, 2019. How is this campaign going now? And has it spread beyond the initial area you were working in?
1: Yes. Fortunately, when we started on this campaign in 2010, other groups as well in other parts of the world were beginning to talk about the rights of women and the rights of girls. They were talking about these issues in rural areas as well. And the use of media, radio, TV, many households now had all those kind of things to use in their houses. I think that really helped spread the message that girls cannot be abducted. But what we have seen is that new forms of the same practice could get into the community. For an example, in 2012, we had almost no cases of girls abducted in our community. But then we saw something new. If a girl gets pregnant, then the family expel the girl to go and live with the boy's family. As a result, she will stop going to school and then she'll be a slave in that boy's family until the boy maybe decides, this is not what I wanted, and then they kick her out. We saw that as a new form of the same thing because they knew now that they cannot abduct girls. What is it
0: that you find to be the biggest challenge in doing this work?
1: What makes me very sad is when the girl herself believes that she's better when she's married or when she's abducted at an early stage. For me, that is something that I find very disturbing because it just shows how deep this is in families mainly because it means she's still getting that kind of a message in her family. Patriarchy in families is what I think is the biggest challenge because I can see when I go out that everyone says, no, you can't abduct a girl, you cannot abuse a girl but what happens at household level in relation to the messages that the girl gets about whether to get married at an earlier stage is what disturbs me. I think what also becomes a problem is that, for example, we helped a boys' organization to do the same work that we are doing. It is very difficult for them to get funds to do their work. So they always do their work through us. Mm -hmm. So if we do fundraising, then we need to fundraise for them as well. The structures are not really supporting the boys' organizations to do the same work. And for me, that is difficult because I have experiences of boys who suffered through the same practices. For an example, there's one boy who was scandalized by seeing this girl being abducted. He ran away. And then the other older boys, they caught him and then they said, you must see it so that you can do it when you are old the husband-to-be then raped this girl so that he can tame her. This boy was so scared. Then he was told, this is the way it should happen. So you must pull the leg as well so that you help with the raping of this girl. We assume that boys are not affected. And as a result of that, When they start their organizations to try and be better men or try to have new identity in their communities, they are not supported. Instead, they are labeled gay, all those kind of things. For me, that is the difficulty at the moment. So
0: there's always a new challenge. What has being part of this fellowship contributed to your understanding or your ability to keep changing these practices?
1: Mm -hmm. One thing that it has brought to me is to consciously link the issues of gender to health. For an example, on the way to fetch water is how the girl gets abducted. Also, that's how she gets raped, and then that is how HIV becomes one of the things that she acquires in the process. I link those issues consciously now, and so for me, fetching water became a bigger issue that is linked to health, that is linked to rights. So now every time when I see a girl going to fetch some water, I know what could happen to her. And that makes me say what should be done to make sure that the water is not far Far away away for a girl, because if the water is close by, at least she's not at the risk to be abducted, she's not at the risk to be raped, she's not at the risk to get STDs and STIs, and she's not at the risk to leave school.
0: Thank you very much indeed for spending time with us today. You're welcome. That was Zimbongwe Mtungwa, Atlantic Fellow for Health Equity South Africa at Takano. For more information, you can visit www.atlanticfellows.org. I'm Fanula Sweeney, and you've been listening to the Atlantic Conversations podcast.